everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial, episode number 21, I think. Yeah, so 21, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Ghostbusters um, 2. Uh, no, no, hmm. Ghostbusters 1. 2016. Uh, yeah, the, the, the second Ghostbusters the, 1. The second the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 1, 2. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, so uh, I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Alex. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we're the Boo-Radleys. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> Thank you very much. As always, we're joined by our very own George Martin in Austin Ray, who has returned from his long absence to help sort out our sound problems. So if this, episode, <laughs> if this episode sounds a lot better, it's because uh, Austin is back here helping us out. It's, it's been a bit more like George R. R. Martin than George. George Martin recently. <laughs> the fact that we've been waiting for him to come back and do his job, but he's just been swanning off living the highlight. That's, that's a good reference. I like that. <laughs> so if you've never heard this show before, where have you been? Basically, we take a film and we put it on trial. It is as simple as that. There'll also be a quiz, some biffy songs, some banter, caption contest, and a whole host of other hilarious things. But before we go on to the bulk of the show, let's go to one of our regular topics of uh, of the show, which is the news. Hang on. Uh, just, just a quick <laughs> note. Gav actually informed me he learned this uh, thirty seconds ago, just a while on the toilet. No. <laughs> Why are you taking the mystique out of the show? <laughs> Don't let people behind the curtain, Joel. <laughs> It was only a number one, guys. Don't worry. It was a, a sit-down week. More impressive. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually a bit, a bit gutted that that's the end of the organ, um, because we've been doing a, a, an organ oh. for uh, the Halloween Horror Month, haven't we? So. Well, technically, you could have a different instrument for uh, Christmas Month. Oh, I could, could nice sleigh bells. Can <laughs> <laughs> you guess the song played with sleigh bells? Anyway, so uh, what we do here is we go around the group and we talk about uh, our most newsworthy topics of the week. So uh, starting off with Joel, what is your piece of news for the week? Okay, so my news is revolving around Jurassic World 2. Uh, there's been a few kind of plot leaks. Uh, they're not like the official synopsis. It hasn't actually come out yet, but the, there has been a few posters um, a few kinds of teaser images and things like that leaked. And the basic synopsis is uh, the original island, which is Isla Nublar. Uh, the volcano on the island erupts, and they basically try and save all the dinosaurs on the island. So that island is where I think the original Jurassic Park was, and uh, Jurassic World was was uh, set as well. So that's where like the park is, so that's where like the T-Rex, or like the Velociraptors and all that type of stuff are on there. So I think... The plot revolves around that, but there were a few interesting things in there as well, uh, in that the director said it's not just going to be more of the same. So he said it's not just going to be like dinosaurs break loose and then they chase people around for an hour. He said it's going to be a lot scarier and a lot and a lot more tense. Um, so I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And I know Gav isn't the biggest <laughs> fan of Jurassic World, um, but... Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Uh, but I think this sounds interesting, and who doesn't enjoy dinosaurs, honestly? I, I Is mean, that a rhetorical question, or do you want me to answer that? I, I mean, I enjoy it. No, it's a good question. I mean, does anyone not enjoy dinosaurs? I know. 
Uh, in the right context, yeah. What's the correct context to enjoy a dinosaur, Gav? <laughs> Jurassic what? Park. <laughs> What's the incorrect context know, to yeah. enjoy a dinosaur? <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> Answered your questions there, guys. <laughs> to be honest, when the director was saying that he did, you know, it wasn't going to be just dinosaurs chasing people around, it's like, well, I hope there's a bit of that, because I quite like that in Jurassic Park film. So, you know, I, I, you know yeah, he can't do it too many times in too many different movies, but... Yeah. I do hope there's a bit of chasing going I, on. I am wary of them saying, oh, yeah, it's not going to be like the previous films, because this is all very reminiscent of what they said about Jurassic Park 3. Mm. And we all know how that wound up. I don't mm. know how to do a different plot, though. And I don't mind them chasing people, dinosaurs. I'm, I'm happy with that. But I don't know how you could do a different plot. Well, for, for, from what I read, you know, I'm sure this will become uh, apparent as it gets like closer to release. But they move uh, the dinosaurs to a new island, and then something goes wrong during that process. Um, didn't, and, didn't they do that in The Lost World? Yep. Uh, I think so, but apparently, uh, I can't remember the scientist's name. He, he's like the original guy, but he's still alive. Jeff Goldblum. No, the guy B.D. Wong played, um, yeah. Henry Wu. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He tries to hijack it, I think, and steal the dinosaurs or so- something like that anyway. He, he does um, escape at the end of Jurassic World. How do you remember B.D. Wong's name he in Jurassic World? Because yeah, Dave's got a, um, a magical <laughs> film memory. Because he's a main character in the book, which I read. <laughs> He's in Jurassic World. He was in the first film. Come on. It's like right, okay. And, and B.D. Wong's a good actor. He's very memorable. Um, but all I'm going to say, right, is if you're going to create a dinosaur theme park, uh, you, I imagine they've got people scouting. If this is going to be some type of safety explanation. <laughs> no, no. All I'm going to say is you've got like people scouting out the best possible locations for this dinosaur theme park. Why would they decide to build a dinosaur theme park? on the grounds of an active or dormant volcano. This isn't official. This is just kind of what people have pieced together from, like, the... Um, there is, like, kind of leaked bits and bobs. And the, there's even talk of um, maybe another hybrid dinosaur. Obviously, uh, it was it was crossed on the T-Rex in the first one, and this is going to be crossed on, like, what you would say is probably the second most Velociraptor. Yeah, so it would be, yeah. like... Wasn't the it? first one... In, I think it's going to be called an Indoraptor, but that—that's what Velociraptorus. <laughs> that's what people have come up with. This isn't like all confirmed. Uh, so this shit. is kind of fans uh, piecing bits together. Yeah. It's, it's like before what the first one was released. There was that theory that, well, you know, there was a leaked script or something was leaked, and it said that the dinosaurs are going to have guns and they're going to be walking around. It's a totally different film, isn't it? <laughs> and then, well, yeah. they went far wrong off. Basically somebody basically hard, said <laughs> it was just like Chinese whispers. Somebody said, "Oh yeah, this this character played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and he's trying to weaponize these dinosaurs and then like, <laughs> give them weapons." Yeah, you know, so many, so many people down the chain. It was just like, "Oh yeah, this dinosaurs were." with grenades <laughs> yeah. okay right well thank you very very much for that Joel uh, Dave uh, what is your piece of news for the week uh, the piece of news I want to talk about is actually it's, it's a rumour circulating at the moment that Wonder Woman might actually be in contention for a couple of Oscars come awards season in the new year which I think is interesting because the Oscars tend not to like blockbusters they tend not to like superhero films especially I think only one superhero film has ever won an Oscar and that was Heath Ledger for the Dark Knight. That's the only Oscar that's ever been awarded to a superhero. I mean, you think how big the franchise is at the moment? Maybe it's about time that one really did have a, a good shot at a few awards, and they reckon Wonder Woman could be that one. Are we talking about performance awards, or...? In general. In, in general. Gen- maybe for performance, I'm not sure about that, but it's just in general terms, it could be in the running for a couple of awards. Yeah. Which has, is has a big a, deal for the blockbuster. Has everyone here seen Wonder Woman? Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. I saw it a few weeks ago. Okay, so I just I really liked the fact that people die in that film, 
you know, th- there isn't <laughs> there isn't a massive amount of uh, kind of superhero films where people die, really. Mm. Uh, especially like Marvel is a lot more child friendly. DC, as we've kind of hinted, tend to go a kind of a little bit of a darker path. Yeah, ridiculously and, gritty and dark. And yeah. the fact that you know Chris Pine um, does die at the end you know you're kind of thinking spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> you're massive, kind of, massive spoiler you're kind of good, thinking um, i mean no it's spoiled but it, that was a good death as well yeah, yeah you're really kind well of thinking done. he's not dead almost because you've seen so many superhero films you expect him to like parachute down from the sky and, or and i didn't want him to die so it actually mattered his yeah. death did matter to <laughs> yeah, me yeah. normally you're just like well you know that's just a bit of fluff that's just now not in the screen but that it actually did matter to me their but relationship it, yeah, yeah but anyway i was just saying i enjoyed it I enjoyed the film. Mm. I thought, you know, you all know that. I, <laughs> well, I hope, I, I I hope a few members of the film. Oscars Academy did as well. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, you know, you all know that I absolutely love the film, to be honest. Um, but I find it so hard to believe that there's been no superhero films that have been um, that, that have won an Oscar for no. even like best cinematography or best costume. To my knowledge, Dark Knight is the only one. Really, that's that's the, incredible. The Oscars sort of have genres that they just don't go in for at all. I mean, like yeah. horror is nowhere near, is True. it? Mm, yeah. you know? comedy rarely. Comedy very rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A comedy it needs to be like very sort of highbrow, doesn't it? Yeah, to even be With considered big cast. Yeah. yeah, like Royal Tenenbaums, that sort of thing. Yeah, as good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Alex, what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, my piece of news is uh, breaking news about a Lethal Weapon 5 film that might be coming out. Uh, it's in extremely early stages, uh, but you know, apparently Mel Gibson, Danny Glover and director Richard Donner, they're considering making a fifth outing. Uh, so they're just in talks at the moment, trying to sort out what's going on. You know, we reviewed Lethal Weapon 1 you know, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does everyone, is everyone, does everyone feel excited when you, hear, when you think about is, Lethal is Weapon 5? Is there any type of um, plot details? No, or? like nothing. Literally just that they're in talks to start. Because I think they've probably reached a point, unless they go back in time and make themselves a little bit younger, where they're going to be like pretty old, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, if they're like doing all the same shit that they're doing in the first kind of three or four films, it's going to be even more a stupid I would say yeah. are you suggesting they might be too old for that, for that <laughs> shit <laughs> if Danny Glover was too old for it back in number one he is, he is far too old I mean, for he it he is actually too old for this but shit I, 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 I'll tell you right now that Mel Gibson is far too crazy for it <laughs> yeah no I, I, honestly my god they are Danny Glover is too old and Mel Gibson is certifiably insane too crazy yeah. so yeah. exactly they predicted their own futures <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I find it just a, a, a bad bad taste in the mouth the Mel Gibson's getting right. such high profile yeah, no, work no. still. He's back in the fold now, isn't yeah. he? And yeah. nobody, how long was he going out on for? About it? I know. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge. I haven't seen it, Joel. I know you said it was a really good film, but he was like, "Oh, I made a good film, so let's just forget about everything that yeah. happened." And well, well, you know, Hollywood is kind of like that right now, isn't it? Well, it's it's well, trying to get better, but I think it, it depends all down to money. To money and just yeah no you're right yeah, yeah no, it is. that's yeah. what it is it's, it's yeah. people have got short term memories look at Woody Allen Roman Polanski you know the fact that these people are still making films and mm. you know the, the fact is that they're attracting such big stars to be in them as well you know what, what does that say about about Hollywood it's like, like you can do anything but as if you're successful exactly everyone's I mean, going to forget it you know that, that that's why I, I'm I'm glad that there's so many people coming forward about uh, Harvey Weinstein at the moment uh, because. You know, I think there needs to be some sort of, like, turning point. There needs to be a thing where, 
uh, they recognise that people in, in powerful positions in Hollywood can't get away with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to get so heavy on that one, guys. And my piece of news is that Christoph Waltz has come out and said that he is definitely not returning for Bond 25, the untitled sequel to... Uh, that's supposed direct sequel to Spectre or just a continuation of the Bond series. Either way, he said that he's not in it. And he said, um, there's a tradition of a new actor each time. I'd like to do it, but no. Um, so, you know, he was very sort of hazy on the whole thing when he was questioned. Uh, it sounded like he wanted to return, but it hadn't been muted. And, you know, maybe they said, no, we don't want you to return. Well, he, he was awful. Just thinking about him as Blofeld makes me angry. Mm. Like, it makes me very angry indeed. Mm. Like, I actually hated Spectre with every fibre of my being, I must say. I've got to admit, I hate Spectre as well, and I'm a big Bond fan. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw it when I was in Russia... And it was in Russian, um, but it was so formulaic that I could pretty much figure out exactly what was being said, even though it was it was dubbed in Russian. It, it, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I was watching it and just thinking this makes no sense whatsoever. So maybe, maybe in a different language it would have yeah been yeah easy, but... I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I tend to, to Siobhan and uh, she, she'd say oh. Um, she would go to say something and I'd say like oh did he just say oh yeah uh, we've come over here because I want to talk to you about your father or blah 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 she's like yeah oh yeah sort of yeah it was just so honestly and the bits that I didn't hear were like like bits of dialogue between like Money Penny and Bond or whatever and uh, and she would lean over and, and she'd be like okay so um he said hello Money Penny then she said uh, blah 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 something 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 uh, is that okay with you and I'd be like what was <laughs> 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 like what I understood those two bits at the end <laughs> I need the context but yeah now uh, I, I I don't know what he meant when he said there's a tradition of a new actor each time I don't know whether he means that there's a new bad 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 guy for each what, film a different play, person plays Blofeld every time is that true? or or yeah, they, well, they oh, yeah that's it yeah a different person plays Blofeld you always they get a different person playing Blofeld yeah. no one repeated the role. So, I mean, is apart it... from arguably Anthony Dawson, who I think voiced him twice. Ooh. Dave would know <laughs> that. Dave would know that. You can check that, but why bother? I, think, I, I, I would check that one. I'm not 100%, but I think that's right. Well, well, um, so is, is that a case that Blofeld is like a title then? It's not, um, it's not a person? But they've argued the same thing about Bond himself, haven't they? They've yeah. said maybe 007 and James Bond are both code names, mm-hmm. hence why he changes appearance and stuff like that. But then it doesn't explain, you know, why does he have, seem to have the same parentage? You know, why do he have the same upbringing, the same education? I, I don't think they need to overthink no, it. It's I just de- a definitely don't. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And I, d- I don't think we need to know if Blofeld is a co- It just doesn't... He's just a villain. Do you know what I mean? When, they, mm. when they're trying to, like, do his backstory... I mean, I've, I tried to block out Spectre as much as possible, but Blofeld's like his half-brother, or sort of like his adopted yeah. brother. I mean, that was just so painful when it was oh, like... Oh, really? Oh, what, Inspector? Hate. Yeah. Inspector, when he oh, said... Oh, yeah, you watched it in Russian. You might yeah, missed okay. that. <laughs> I, I missed that she bit. Brought, she, didn't, she didn't translate that bit. No, yeah, like, he's his brother, but he's like... The whole reason he started Spectre was because of some, like, fraternal jealousy or something he had, because his dad, oh. daddy issue. It's just like, oh, this is... It, honestly... At that point, I was almost projectile vomiting into the like the the, the like row in front of me. Absolutely mm. hated it. But I think I don't. I'd I'd forgotten that happened. To be honest, yeah, it's right. kind of like trauma, you know, when you push <laughs> it to the back of your mind. Uh, terrible. But like you say, they should just leave it alone and just be like James Bond shoots bad people, and you know, there's sometimes a person called Blofeld. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm just laughing at the irony of it. I've just got a new cat, and the cat's just come and sat down on me, and I feel like Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Persian cat as well. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, like Austin was making the gesture there, and he is pretty much dressed like a Spectre agent right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Austin. Like, I, I thought the other day uh, we had a Halloween party, Hall and Oates Halloween theme party, and uh, Austin pitched up dressed as uh, one of the members of Daft Punk, and I was like, oh man, really, really digging the costume, Austin. And he's almost wearing the exact same thing now, so it leads me to believe that maybe you weren't in costume. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. So thank you very much for that, guys. I think I think we'll move off from the news. I think we've been uh, speaking about it uh, quite enough. So hang on, hang on. Uh, oh, my hey, it's getting yeah. better, isn't it? It is getting better. <laughs> oh, it, well, it's not. It's getting considerably worse. I feel like maybe I should have uh, given myself a little bit more time to to learn that piece. But oh well. <laughs> Um, okay, so as uh, I said earlier, uh, this is Films on Trial. If you've never heard this show before, basically we uh, take a film at random and we put it on trial. Now, all the films that we review are completely random. We pull them out of the hat and this week it is Ghostbusters. Uh, so, um, we obviously, well, we agreed that it is Ghostbusters... Uh, the 2016 version. So because it is Ghostbusters, in a way... In a very, very small, tediously linked way, it is almost like a continuation of Halloween Horror Month, isn't it? Wouldn't oh, you no, agree? Man. Come on, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're past this. Come on, man. Oh, there it is. Oh. There it is. It's kind of appropriate. It is, it is, that, because that was the ghost button. So if you hadn't heard the previous shows, uh, I've been using a soundboard um, for Halloween Horror Month, and that was, that was the sound of a ghost, obviously. Because we all know what ghosts sound like. Um, so, uh, because uh, the, the film is picked at random, so are the roles. So, acting as the judge this week, you've got my good self, that's right, acting as defence of Ghostbusters and trying to place the film on the hit list. is <laughs> Dave, who's currently struggling to get his notes out from underneath my cat. I've got him, I've got him. I was frantically trying to get these notes out from under the cat, but I've got him. And uh, acting as prosecution, and the person who's going to be trying to condemn this film to the shit list is Mr. Alec Bruce and acting as a character witness who's going to give his genuine opinion and throw it uh, behind either side of the argument is Joel uh, and as, as I uh, must say that my role as the judge is to listen to both arguments and uh, decide which list I'm going to place the film on based solely on the arguments that are put to me and not my opinions okay right so before we get started I think I'm going to give a bit of a synopsis. Um, oh, my word, that's a very long synopsis. I'll give the very, very short one. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> uh, accent, accent. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Well, how does Bill Murray even sound? I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you think Bill Murray should sound, Gav? Uh, three professional <laughs> parapsychology professors <laughs> set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. Interesting. That, that's that's his actual voice. take on Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, Bill Murray. I thought it was Ray Winston. Sorry, I get, I get, I get those two confused. Easily out. Easily done. Okay, so... Uh, oh, I've also got a little uh, little song to accompany oh. this. Yeah, you like this, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I struggled once again. I did this one while I was having my sit-down wee. Um, so there's a... Ghost bust for life. A ghost bust for life. A ghost bust for life. A ghost bust for life. Lust for Life by Iggy Pop. Ah, okay. Is that what that was? Oh, come on. 
Come on, Trainspotting 2 has only just been out recently and it should be fresh in your memory. You know what, right? Uh, both of you, as the defence and prosecution, have already got off to a terrible start by insulting <laughs> the judge. Right, so I'm going to ask each person <coughs> to put uh, a point forward and the, uh, the other person will have a chance to rebut. Uh, so, starting with, please... Alex. Oh no! Actually, uh, I'll, I'll start this one up. Okay. Yeah. Right. right yeah. If, right. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I, no one objects, you know, under further consideration, yeah, I'm going to decide to listen to you and say, Dave, can you go first? <laughs> okay. First thing I want to talk about is the cast for this new Ghostbusters reboot. I want to stress that it is not a remake. It is not a sequel. It is a reboot. Hang on. Can we just establish what the difference is between a reboot and a remake and a sequel? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, if it was a remake, it would have the same plot. It would have the same storyline. That would be a remake if you're rehashing the same story all over again. If it was a sequel, it would be a continuation. Well, Joel coughs there. It would be a continuation of the story that had gone before it. A reboot, you start completely from scratch. Okay, right. And it is definitely a reboot because you've got some of the original actors playing completely different people. So definitely reboot. Spoiler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no spoiler. Something to look forward to. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Talking about this reboot. The original Ghostbusters film was one of the best films of the 80s. I think everyone can agree it is a cult classic. Loads of people really love this film, have very strong, uh, passionate feelings about this film. Now, how do you replace two of the biggest comedy stars of the 1980s? I'm talking about Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. They made some of the best comedy films of the 1980s. How do you replace them? You get two of the biggest comedy stars of the present age. You get Melissa McCarthy, you get Kristen Weig. These two stars carry this film, to be honest with you. They do a great job. The chemistry between them is fantastic. You know, they've worked together before. I think Saturday Night Live was where they both uh, they met. They've been in Bridesmaids before together with the same director, Paul Feig, I believe it yeah, is. Yeah. So they've worked together. They've got a great back and forth. And they're meant to be playing old friends, and that just works. You can see the chemistry there. It just gels with them so well. But to say that they carry it doesn't to say that the uh, supporting cast aren't fantastic either. Kate McKinnon, another Saturday Night Live regular, who I've got to say, I've never watched Saturday Night Live. I wasn't overly familiar with her, but she really impressed me in this film. Really impressed me even more when I realised how much ad-libbing she'd done and how much she took the script, in, well, how much many of them took the script into their own hands. Uh, Leslie Jones, who plays Patty Tolan, she's a, a stand-up comedian. Who I, again, I wasn't at all familiar with her before this film, but again, very impressive. Chris Hemsworth, okay, I was familiar with Chris Hemsworth before this film, but I've never seen him in comedy before, and I didn't know what to expect, and he really gelled in this role. He was fantastic. Again, he got on board with the ad-libbing. I mean, I want to talk about the script to my second point, but the number of ad-libs he had, they're actually genuinely quite funny. I'm actually quite impressed. I think Chris Hemsworth should should move into comedy, you know, if the... uh, action superhero thing doesn't work out and it's got a really good supporting cast with like character actors such as andy garcia who plays the mayor which i thought was a great addition i thought he does a good job i liked uh, charles dance who plays the dean of the columbia university ed begley jr who has there's just some great scenes involving him he's actually very funny and you got cameos from some of the people that were involved in the original film you got bill murray who turns up and actually does a pretty good turn you kind of wish you'd seen a bit more of him but uh, i don't know how much bill murray was willing to commit to he wasn't really a big fan of rebooting or remaking or doing a sequel to ghostbusters in the first place he eventually consented to appear in this one but uh, I, I don't know if he wanted to give up too much of his time i'm not sure dan Aykroyd cameos as a taxi driver which is quite funny ernie hudson cameos right at the end of the film as patty's uncle which i thought was great sigourney weaver in kind of a, a mid-credit sequence cameos as uh, Gillian holtzman kate mckinnon's character's kind of mentor 
you've got a, a brief cameo from Ivan Reitman, who's walking past the camera uh, while Andy Garcia is being interviewed. Annie Potts, the original receptionist from the Ghostbusters film, cameos as a desk clerk at the Mercado Hotel. And you got a bust of Harold Ramis, which I thought was a very nice touch, given that Harold Ramis really wanted to see another Ghostbusters film get made. Sadly passed away before this one came to pass. And uh, so they installed a bust of Howard Ramis in the, uh, in the background of the university, which I thought was a very nice touch. And also his son, I believe, cameos. Uh, just briefly, outside the Ozzy Osbourne concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy getting interviewed. Ozzy rules, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, again, was a nice touch. But to talk about the principal cast, your four Ghostbusters, Kristen Wagner, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones, are superb in their roles. They really... You can see the chemistry. You can see there's a friendship forming here. They are fantastic, and they are on fire with that, with the the ad-libbing, the dialogue, the way they took the actual written plan script as well and made that their own. They worked fantastically well with the director and they worked well with each other. So I think great cast, great work, great characters. Okay, thank you very, very much, Dave. Okay, so Dave there has uh, said, how do you replace two of the biggest stars of the 1980s? You replace them with two of the biggest stars of the 2010s. That's what you do, Alex. And he said that the cast was on point, uh, the four leads were very superb, and the ad-libbing was also... uh, boss more on that later okay thank you very much alex how would you like to respond to those points uh well i'm going to leave the points about the cameos until a little bit later i've got an argument that i'm going to be talking about that later but i will come around to it um just before i sort of disagree with a lot of what dave said i'm just going to agree with one thing definitely he said uh chris hemsworth is awesome in this film I, i i probably shouldn't start my argument by saying something good about the film but he was really good he was a hidden gem his timing was amazing and he was a really good comic character. I'll, I'll so accept that concession. I will, I will concede that Chris Hemsworth was surprisingly good. I, I thought as soon as he came on, I was like, ooh, is he going to be able to make that transition from sort of, you know, beefcake? But he did. Uh, I, I will just uh, point it out there, Alex, that as a, a massive feminist here and advocate of female leads in films, <laughs> you're not winning me over so far by hi- highlighting the only male star. Oh my, oh my god, I've literally started talking. In 10 seconds, you've made this into feminine. Like, honestly, Gav, control yourself. Right, uh, talking about going back to Dave, some of Dave's uh, original points. So when you're talking about, um, you know, how do you replace. Um, how do you replace Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray? You put, you know, uh, Kristen Weig? Who is that? I say Weig. It could be Weig. Right. I'm going to go with Weig. I'm going to trust you. And Melissa McCarthy. Gav, Gav, what do you think? I, I, I thought it was Weig. Weig. I'll go with Weig. Maybe Weig. I'm wrong. I'll go with Weig. Okay. We should have researched. I massively, really should have looked in the Massively. Probably should have that. Yeah, it's four letters. How could I be so wrong? <laughs> so, like, I, you know, Dave said they're, they're big stars. They are big stars. They are good comedy stars. They were incredible in um, Bridesmaid with, by Paul Feig. Really, really good. But that comparison just pales, really, when you look at Ghostbusters because the chemistry between them isn't as good as in Bridesmaids. And you are constantly thinking, you know, same director, same sort of, you know, feel, general feel to the film. But the sparks just aren't quite there. There's some good one-liners. There's a good little little bit of banter between them. But there's no real characterization, particularly. So the, the, the character of Abby M- Melissa McCarthy, there isn't like a huge character. Not like when you think of Bill Murray or you think of Dan Aykroyd. You know, those characters, boom, you know, you've got those. You, you, can, you, you think already you know about them. You know, Bill Murray's cynical. You know, Dan Aykroyd's very serious. You know, there's all these things. You know, Abby, you know, she's quirky, but what... what is there much past that? Um, uh, <laughs> wig. <laughs> wig. Oh, that is our sound guy. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how to pronounce <laughs> Kirsten Wig. Um, yeah. 
Kristen Wiig, we got it. Slightly lost my point in that. Um, so uh, you were saying that... Uh, <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Kristen <laughs> You were saying something about everyone Kristen Wiig anyway. Everyone, please stop saying Kristen Wiig. <laughs> so so, so you, you were saying... No, no, I've got it, I've got it. Okay. Um, so there's good banter between them. There's good little one-liners. There's good little play that obviously that Paul Feig's allowed to happen, the interplay between them. But there's not real strong characters. They're not in the same way that you have with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. They're just not... They're not as good, you know, and that because you are obviously thinking a lot, the homages, the cameos that we're going to come to later, you know, you are thinking a lot about the original and they're just not as strong. Like it's quite clearly not as strong. Their characters, their bond, the problems that they're overcoming, the sort of their character arcs, they don't really have particular great character arcs. You know, it seems to be a thing that's sort of built up at the start where Melissa McCarthy, you know, the, the Abby character doesn't care what people think and Kristen Wiig does care a lot about what people think. But that doesn't really go anywhere. It sort of middles through. It sort of stops halfway through. It doesn't end up. There's no end where that's important. There's no plot point that it turns on. It, it's not particularly important. I, I, you know, I, I'm not saying I didn't like some of the banter. I didn't like some of the bits, like uh, the Holtzman characters. That, that's Kate McKinnon. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, she's got some really good bits, but she's a bit hit and miss. Sometimes it's really good what she's what she's doing. Sometimes it kind of detracts from from what you're from what you're from what you're looking. And the the last thing I'll say is Andy Garcia was great, but it starts as Dave was saying. He was trotting out some big names there. It starts getting a bit overstuffed with big names, and it starts detracting from the sort of the plot of the film because you're thinking right, he's the mayor. You know, it, it's a bit too much. You stop you stop thinking of them as characters. And you start thinking of him as just like Andy Garcia. So generally, I'm just going to say that even though, you know, I'm not saying that all of it was bad. I'm just saying it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't a hit. Do you know what I mean? It, it, this isn't the stuff that makes a hit film. And especially when you think of Bridesmaids, where we've got very similar, you know, we've got director, and we've got those similar actors. There's no big belly laughs in this film. There's little bits to make you smile and go, oh, that's nice. But there's no like, oh, like that. Do you remember that bit, where, which was hilarious? There's nothing you can really, comedy-wise... Hang your hat on in this, in this film. Hmm. Okay, thank you very, very much, Alex. You're welcome. Uh, quick rebut from uh, Dave uh, before we pass over to Joel. So yeah, Dave. just before Joel gets in, I just want to say I, I strongly disagree. I think uh, that the character, there's no real character arc, as Alex said, but we're looking about a supernatural horror film here. There's not really meant to be a character arc. There doesn't need to be a revolutionary, a revolutionary moment for any of the characters at the end of it. But the characters as they play, I think the chemistry really does pop just as well as it did in Bridesmaids. I have to disagree with that. Um, and Alex said, you know, the um, the cameos, the star cameos are overused. I don't think so. I think Andy Garcia is only in about four scenes. Charles Dance is only in two. Ed Begley Jr. I think is only in two. They're not overused. They're just small parts, and I think it really works. And when you look at the original film, there was no real character arc in that so much. None of them really come away a different character. None of them have learned anything. Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, their characters do not change. And I think they actually, the, the characterization in this film is actually a little bit better than it was in the original because, I mean, there's not really much you can say about Winston Zedmore, who was Ernie Hudson's character. There's no real, there's no character traits really to assign to him. There's Harold Ramis's Egon Spengler as well. It's, it's just a bit nerdy. There's not really a character development. There's not a character arc. Whereas with these characters here, I think they are more well-rounded. I think there's a lot more you can say about them, and they're much more, more thought-out characters. They're much more fleshed out. I'm done. Right. Well, thank you very much, Dave. I am just scribbling away here. Um, Joel, uh, which which side of the arguments would you like to lay your hat if you had one? 
Lay your hat on the argument. <laughs> Is lay he Paul your, Young now? Lay your hat on the argument. <laughs> Which side of the argument would you like to lay your hat on? Um, okay, my, so my hat. Stop sitting on your hat, Joel. Come on. <laughs> lay it down, man. Uh, I'll have to buy a hat first. Um, <laughs> but it's a... Uh, well, it's not that much of a tough decision for me. I just I asked Alex if he was going to make this point, and he isn't. But um, the trailer for this film was actually the most hated trailer on YouTube ever for any film. Um, and to me, I kind of agreed with some of what Alex is saying. I don't think in this film there's any kind of big characters to kind of carry the film along, like what Alex said about like Bill Murray um, and Dan Aykroyd and things like that in the original. I just didn't feel that in this film, and I didn't really... Uh, connect with a lot of the characters i thought there were some uh, good moments there are some uh, kind of uh, you know uh, good relationships between some of the characters and some of the banter and stuff like that is really funny but it, it's not to me what ghostbusters was about and i think uh, that's like the big thing in this film i thought um yeah pretty much what i said there aren't any kind of great cam- character arcs or anything like that i didn't really feel um like i cared about the characters like you know um yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you think that that's more because you're a bit robotic? <laughs> um, no, I think it's because I'm a good sense of character. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will say right now, for the record, uh, I'm not going to include uh, the the fact that, that it's the most hated trailer in part of my notes here because uh, we're talking about the film, not not the trailer. I, I can cover that in my uh, closing argument. All right, okay. Uh, I, I will a... say that we're going to cover the trailer <laughs> as part of I my I have a little here. to say about that because that was really quite unfair. But um, uh, I will go into that later. But I, w- w- Will you now? To be honest, Steve, I'm getting a bit fed up of you dictating the court <laughs> proceedings here. <laughs> so you better watch this yourself. This is how it's going to be. <laughs> right, so uh, Alex. Okay, so Dave covered off characters as his points, his argument. Uh, which which point would you like to cover? What were you going to say? So I want to. We sort of touched on it in the first when we what about we were talking about there. I want to talk about how it sort of fits into the Ghostbusters franchise generally. So how it sort of measures up to the last film, what it adds, and the the fact is not a lot particularly. It doesn't. It, it, it's a reboot, and yes, I understand that reboots need some fam- familiarity to the sort of the subject material, and and I, I do love nods to the film to to to, to the old films. So, for example, when we saw is it Harold Ramis's bust in mm-hmm. the in the university, I thought that was a lovely little touch. But that was one of many, many, many. I mean, I, th- I don't think I got them all. I'm not like a gigantic like original Ghostbusters fan, but I don't think I got all of the. Um, I don't think I got all of the original... Sorry, Gav was just looking at his cat. So I started to concentrate. <laughs> sorry, when man, to sorry. Sorry, um, I was writing notes there as well, and then my cat came in. I, sorry, go for it. It's hard, it's sorry, hard, man. Sorry, no, it's a great cat. It's uh, very fluffy. It's distracting. <laughs> it's a fluffy cat. It is distracting, isn't it? Right, um... So yeah, so I understand that reboots need familiarity. Love the Harold Ramis, you know, nod, fantastic. But there's just tons of them, and actually, what happens is because there's so many nods to the original films, um, the plot itself in this film is is quite weak. You know, I, I, I don't know, Dave, would you agree that the plot's a bit? Would you, I mean, it's not the strongest plot in the world. You know, it's no, it is not the strongest plot in the world, but it is just a supernatural blockbuster horror. Yeah, film. yeah, sure, yeah, it's, yeah. But I, <laughs> I, think, I think in those terms, it does pretty well. Yeah. But it's because it's I, I don't know, but the plot itself isn't, especially the ending. It's sort it's, of just degenerate. it's not to kill a mockingbird. I'll give no. you that one, but, but it, it degenerates a little bit. The ending into just sort of you know a lot of CGI and a lot of sci-fi, and um, 
at this point, the nods that it does to the old film feel like less like nods and like, oh, this is a little, you know, Easter egg for the old film. And it more feels like it's being supported by the memory of the old one. So instead of it being like a film in its own right, it's actually sort of basically just, you know, setting up shop in the old film. So the cameos, they're not really cameos because Bill Murray is kind of, you know, he's in a couple of scenes and he's made out as kind of an important character. And then Boomy's just... Uh, spoiler alert, not in it anymore. You know, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't read between the lines, Alex. <laughs> Trying to make it subtle. Uh, so he's just, he's just not in it anymore. And, it, and it's... If he'd just been a passing face, if he'd just been a little nod, okay. But it's like, oh no, Bill Murray's kind of a big character and then he's not... It, it's an odd way to do a cameo. Dan Aykroyd as well. It's just all a bit flat. It doesn't quite work. And again, it's not the belly laughs that it should have been in this film. Uh, you know, the special effects I talked about, they are better, but they actually take over the ending completely. And I think the, the fight at the end is, I keep coming to, back to this word, flat. Like, it's not really engaging. It doesn't feel really, it doesn't really feel like they're fighting ghosts. It feels like really good special effects. I have to say, there's some set pieces, um, they're not woven into a strong plot, and there's a real over-focus on gadgets. Like, the gadgets were shoehorned in, and I have to say, I think this is just a really cynical marketing plot ploy to be honest they put in these new gadgets you know this one does this one you've got a fist that punches this one she's got the good two guns they're okay but they didn't need to be set up as much as they were they're they're not as good as they've made out to be and the and the ending i mean what is it they just fight some ghosts and the ghosts decide not to fight them anymore and then they go in and it doesn't look quite real it's a bit too cgi'd and then they go in the building and uh, the, the, the ending just isn't isn't strong at all and, you know, just to finish off my point, it turns from a homage to... A fromage. The old fi- <laughs> a homage from the... What? I think so, you're going to say it turned from a homage to a fromage. <laughs> I, I wish I was. It's, it's a much better line than what I'm going to say. No, it turns from a homage to the old film and, like, oh, you know, put, put a little touch to basically just relying on the old film. It it's, hasn't established itself enough. It's not strong enough in its own right. And these nods just prove that, like, like... A lot. <laughs> <laughs> to end on a strong sentence. <laughs> Boom, much, drop the mic. Where. I know. That's pretty Come much back like, on that, Dave. <laughs> that's like the synopsis of the film there, wasn't it? It was quite strong and then the ending was quite flat. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, right. So Dave, right, Alex has said that um, it, it, the re- the, he understands reboots need familiarity, but there was just too much of it. There's too many nods to the original uh, and towards the end, it was a, a little bit like maybe they're just doing so many of them because there's a lack of a script. Uh, and it said that it, was, it wasn't really a strong plot throughout and the script was particularly weak towards the end. What would you like to say about those points, David? I would like to say first and foremost that the script I thought was incredibly strong. I thought it was a very well written script. The plot, like Alex said, it's not the best blockbuster plot you're never going to see, but it's not half bad. It's actually quite good. Um, he says that the nods to the old film got too much, and it was like it was afraid to stand on its own feet. I, I beg to differ. The, re- the fact that they have rebooted one of the most beloved films of the 80s, they didn't do a sequel. If they'd done a sequel, now maybe then I'd say, yeah, they were afraid to stand on their own two feet. They haven't. They've done a reboot. That's a bold move. That's very brave. And I think they have to, because it is so beloved, it is such a cult following, you have to have a few nods to the original. But that is all they are. They're just 
curt nods, they just tip their cap, and then they get on with the rest of their film. And there's a few of them, there's a, quite a few nods, but I like them. I like the original films, and I like these references. Things like the Egon Spengler bust, you know, that was a nice little nod to Harold Ramis. It was a nice little nod to the original film as well. And I liked certain things about the, uh, the script as well. I thought it was very done, very, very clever with one of these points. It was... Um, there was a line in the uh, one of the opening scenes where Melissa McCarthy is talking with uh, Kristen Wiig. Get her name right. Yep. <laughs> Can we also um, find out if it's Harold Ra- Ramis or Harold Ramey? Or I thought. Okay, Austin. <laughs> Austin. <laughs> I'm going to say Ramis. <laughs> you do nothing else, mate. Get on it. <laughs> but there's a line where they're talking about how their their partnership when they wrote the book dissolved, and I, I won't go through the full quote. But um, Melissa McCarthy says something about um, you're not letting your, your baby fly, <laughs> and uh, they're talking about the book, and Kristen Wiig says to her. Books can't fly, neither can babies. Which is, just, which is a funny line in itself, but then it's also a big nod to the original film in which both books and babies fly. It's a certain nod, and it's very, very curt, very well done, I think. Um, and the, the, the cameos, I don't think were overused at all. Hang on, Austin. This is Ramis. It Ramis. is Ramis. There we okay. go. Ramis. We, we know now. It's all Ramis. these years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cameos are overused at all. Bill Murray only has two scenes, and then, as you say... He's not in it anymore. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I don't think he died. I don't think his character died. You know, he gets knocked out of a window, but it's only a first story window. And then the next thing you see is police officers outside saying, so who threw him out of the window? No one says he died. You don't see a body bag or anything like that. Well, Dave, Alex didn't actually say that he died. He just well, said I've, that he I wasn't in the film. <laughs> Which was true in itself. He but we was all never knew. seen again. <laughs> we all understood the implication. I think that left it open. Should they decide to do a sequel, maybe Bill Murray's character could come back in that. Maybe he was just very badly hurt from being thrown out of a first story window. We'll see. We'll see. But I think it was only in two scenes. They didn't overuse Bill Murray. Dan Aykroyd's only in one. Ernie Hudson's only in it for a few seconds. So Sigourney Weaver. They did not overuse their cameos. All they are is, for the fans, it's just like a nice nod, bit of nostalgia. Hey, remember this guy? Remember this? And they're playing different people as well. Remember, it's not like they got the old characters back in, so they're not that reliant on the original films. I think it is just for the fans. It's a nice nod, and they work. These cameos didn't feel shoehorned in. They didn't feel forced. It just sort of worked. It was kind of nice, in a way. And the other point that I want to talk about is the script itself, which Alex said was quite weak. I don't think so. I genuinely thought there were moments in this script where, that would genuinely laugh out loud funny. So I want to talk about the actual scripted script, which people sat down and wrote and put a lot of effort into, and then what the actors did with it, which basically was hash it up and do a lot of ad-libbing. Some of the best ad-libs come from Chris Hemsworth, who Alex has already conceded was magnificent he in was. this film. He was superb, wasn't he? <laughs> what a man. What a man. What a beautiful man. But <laughs> one of the best ad-libs about the, the Mike Hat sequence. Oh, man, that was good. That yeah, was funny, wasn't That was, funny. Funny. That that was, was genuinely funny. laughing. Out loud, funny, and that was that? that's ad libbed. Oh, basically, the, the director Alex, just compose yourself. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Fags basically set the camera rolling on that interview, and he just basically recorded everything that they sorry. So we've also figured out that it's Paul Feig. Feig, Feig. I, I tell you what, why can't people just have you know regular one of the mill Anglo Saxon names? <laughs> Stop confusing me. <laughs> So Paul, Paul Feig? Feig. Paul Feig. Yeah. Basically just kept the camera running on that scene, and it's just like that scene. It's like, would it be okay if I brought my cat to work? You know, it's major anxiety. That's how I lived. And, and Melissa McCarthy just rolls with it. Says, you know what? I'd love to let your cat in here, but, you know, I've got a bit of a cat allergy. And he says, oh, I don't have a cat. He's, he's a dog. But his name's Mike, Mike Hett. It's like, you named your dog Mike Cat. It's like, Mike Hett. <laughs> 
your dog's name is Mike, last name Hat. Your full name, Michael Hat. You know? like, uh, I, didn't say, I can't say that I'm allergic to dogs. So, and then he cuts it all off with it. You know what? It's all right. Lives with my mum. <laughs> and it's just like a perfectly ad lib line. He just kind of like cuts it out there. So, man. I, I also love the bit where he says, like, an aquarium is like a submarine. I've got that written down. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, an aquarium is just a submarine. prosecution. made me laugh. <laughs> And there are other lines. I believe I'm, I'm not 100 percent on this one. I couldn't get any source to back this up. But apparently, um, when Kristen Wiig says to Andy Garcia, it's like, you know, do you want to be like the mayor from oh, Jaws? Yeah. Andy Garcia <laughs> may have ad libbed that. I'm not 100 percent. May have ad libbed. Never compare me to the mayor from Jaws. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a nice study. Basically, the director just let the cast do what they wish with this film. And there are some really good scripted lines as well I want to just point out. I, I love the opening montage. You know where they're going around the museum? Uh, in, the, in the pre-credit sequence, before the original scare, there's a museum guy uh, showing a group of people around. And if you actually listen to what he's saying about the museum and stuff like that, there's actually some really funny lines in there. He talks about, you know, it's the first house in New York to have an anti-Irish fence. Yeah, and he says, uh, when he's talking about the guy's daughter, the ghost they eventually see, is like, I know God makes mistakes, but I believe he may have been drunk when he built Gertrude's personality. It's actually a really funny scripted line, and it's just, and the ad-libs from Kate McKinnon, who ad-libs as much as Chris Hemsworth did, you know, they are, some of those are superb. Like, it's like, um, there's a bit where she's ch- talking in the mayor's office with the agents, and it's like, do you have any idea how many federal reg- regulations you're ba- breaking on a daily basis? It's like, one? No. Two? No. Is it one? Again, that's another ad lib of her. I thought the cast really did a great job with the actual script as it was meant to be, and then they took it in their own place, and the director was happy to let them. And you know what? It worked. Well, well, thank you very, very much, Dave. Uh, Some good points there. So Alex said that the script was weak. Dave said, no, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I did say that. Oh, we should have just said that. I've got to point out as well, as I was going through some of these lines, even with my lackluster delivery, people were smiling and smirking, thinking about these lines. It was funny. Sorry, I was just looking at my cat again. (laughs) Mark Mark Head. Um, right, uh, so Joel, homage or fromage? <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a quiz day. Which is the bad one? Which fromage? I quite like cheese. What's your problem? Yeah, but it's it's gone off. You know, it's, <laughs> it's French cheese. Yeah, um, I, I I agreed with a fair amount that Dave said. To be honest, that there is um, a lot of good stuff uh, in the film, but I am a kind of original fan of the films. Like Ghostbusters, to me, it was like. Uh, one of my favorite films growing up like it was really you know like the proton pack all that type of stuff it was like one of the coolest friggin' things you know you could imagine yourself uh you know with, with one of those things and this for me it tried to be a comedy i think and i don't think the original although it had comedy in it i don't think it was all about the comedy and i felt watching this film it was too much about the comedy and kind of too much uh, revolved around that like i said uh, previously, I don't think the characters kind of bounced off each other uh, the way they did in the original, like Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, I think, um, and Sigourney Weaver. I think like the the chemistry those guys had in the original, they tried to kind of recreate it here, and I think they tried almost too hard uh, not to alienate fans of the original films uh, by putting like the cameos in. And to me, like I, I agree with what Dave said, I don't think the cameos were overdone, but I didn't like them um, at all, to be honest with you. I just thought... Um, they were just kind of tapped in uh, just for the sake of, of having those characters in there as like a nod to the original. Again, something that wasn't mentioned, you know, using the the same building, I thought, for having that as a remake. Um, I thought that was a little bit strange and just kind of like, again, almost like, you know, here's a nod to the original, but I don't think it needed to be in there. I think if they were going to have a reboot, it should have just been completely fresh 
which is something uh, which they did with a lot of uh, the rest of the film. Um, but then they had all this stuff kind of bolted in, I think, which um, you know was kind of saying like it is a reboot type of thing. But one thing which I, I, I thought Dave may mention, which could have persuaded uh, you in some point of way, was actually kind of like uh, it's almost like reverse sexism. So the fact that they put Chris Hemsworth characters in there as um, you know because he, he's he's easy on the eye and because the girls want to look at him type of thing. It was kind of like a joke in terms of, uh, you know, sexism and how that's been uh, portrayed in films in the past. Um, so I think that was kind of the point of his characters, you know, the fact that he's like a, a ditzy blonde type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's me done. Right, well, thank you very much, Joel, for trying to uh, get the point across there. I, I personally, I, I, I no, I, I, I actually, no, I'll, I'll go into detail about it later on, but uh, thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, so, um, I think we can have some closing arguments now. Uh, so, just to say, guys, that you've got a minute each to give me your closing argument, uh, and then you'll hear this sound. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that. That's Love my favourite that. one so far. Can we keep that? We need to keep that. The gong's great. Okay, right. So uh, so starting with Dave, your minute commences uh, right about now. Okay, this is a great film. We were talking about how funny some of the lines are. This is a great comedy film. If you're going to judge it on just being a comedy film, this film ticks all the boxes. It is laugh out loud funny, no matter what Alex says. One of my favourite lines, which I saved up for this moment, is when they're talking about Ed Mulgrave, Ed Begley Jr.'s character. And she says, I was visited by Ed Mulgrave. Ed Mulgrave's been dead for five years. Well, who's this then? This is his son, Ed Mulgrave Jr., that is clearly who I meant. That is one of my favourite lines in the whole film. I see where Joel's coming from, but remember, they don't get the fire station until the very end of the film. So it was like you get, you get taunted with the fire station, you see it, and oh yeah, they're going to get the fire station, and then they get put in front of a Chinese restaurant at the top. And it's just kind of, that's, I thought it was funny. And it was always a comedy. The original Ghostbusters was a comedy. This works. I did like the Chris Hemsworth character. I thought it was a little on the nose to tell Gav. I'm sure he understands why Chris Hemsworth is in the film. But I love this film. And I, want, I promised I'd talk about briefly the YouTube trailer which was one of the most hated of all time this film was up against the odds before people had even seen it they were slating this film they were tearing it to shreds unfairly <laughs> just in time dave wow got right just in the way that's yeah. how you finish it off alex not your um well yeah it, it was bad <laughs> right alex your minutes starts now Wait, I was waiting for the gong. <laughs> oh, you got the gong. The, the gong end. comes at the oh, end. Yeah, the gong at the end. Oh, sorry. All right. Um, well, you've wasted valuable seconds. <laughs> go, Alex. Go. Right. Um, you know, I'm not. Say, I'm not going to say this film is absolutely awful. I'm saying this film isn't a hit, and it should not be on the hit list. You know, Ghostbusters original was a hit. This one doesn't quite make it. It doesn't have its own voice. It doesn't quite establish itself. It wants to be... It, it's a bit mealy-mouthed. It tries to be a franchise and it tries to appeal to so many different things, but it doesn't quite have its own heart in it. There's lovely moments. There's really nice ca- uh, bits between the characters. There's lovely little moments. But there's no, real fu- there's no real strong characters. There's no real fantastic action sequence that you remember. There's just not. There's good bits of CGI. There's little good gadgets and stuff, but it doesn't all come together. And really, the nods, which I think are too much... For throughout the entire film only served to remind you about what a great film Ghostbusters was where, where, rather than making you think about this one now. <laughs> oh, it's tricky, isn't it? It is hard. Beating yeah. that gong. 
Right, okay. So, Joel, right. Uh, just just your final little bit of um, uh, twopence. Um, can this, do people still say that? Your your last two, two, twopence? Twopence. Yeah. Um, if, if um, we, do you want me to sum it up using emojis again? No, no. Uh, <laughs> if, if this film... Uh, 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 w- w- what ingredient in a Christmas dinner is this film? <laughs> um, probably bread sauce. Bread, on a Christmas dinner, bread sauce. I love bread I sauce. I love bread sauce on a Christmas dinner. I think dinner. it's one of those things you either like it or you don't like it. Okay, right, well, right, well, that, that's something else that we might have to debate <laughs> in a future episode. <laughs> a different podcast. Right, okay, so before I actually collect my notes and my thoughts, I thought we could have a little bit of a quiz. Is that okay with guys? Yeah. What was that? It's supposed to be a game show. Hang on. Oh, yeah, I thought maybe I'd press the button incorrectly. Like, it's like the bell over a greengrocer's shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's this one. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so, right. Um, so, uh, quiz song for this one, right? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, um, quiz Dave, a prayer for me now. <laughs> quiz Dave, for the morning after. <laughs> I don't okay, even know what that is. That's no. Duran Duran, okay? Ah, and okay. and he, he's speaking my language. Yeah. I love that. I am. Right, so this one... Yeah, I should have I should have raised this earlier when we were talking about characters, but you know what? I was having so much fun that I forgot. Uh, right, so this one, I'm basically going to ask Dave if he can differentiate... Differentiate. <laughs> if I can tell the difference between... If you can tell the difference between <laughs> cinematic uh, Ghostbusters or paranormal experts... Expects, expects, expects. Polar expects. If, if Dave can tell the difference between cinematic paranormal experts or porn stars in a quiz, I like to call Ghostbuster Pelvic Thruster. <laughs> okay, so Dave, uh, number one, Margaret Matheson. Or thrust. <laughs> um, Can I just say what happens if Dave gets all the porn stars right? <laughs> no, no. Well, we'll find out. Well, bust. I'm going to say bust. Bust, guys. Say, sorry, what was it again? Margaret say? Matheson. Bust or what was the other option? Bust. Thrust. 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 Um, I'll go thrust. I've got, it's like two words, and each week you forget <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, uh, Brucey? Bust. Bust. Okay, yeah, it is Bust. It's uh, Sigourney Weaver's character in the film Red Lights, or as Joel uh, called her in the first ever episode of Films and Child, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again, Gav, one more time. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Did I turn, like, suddenly Welsh or something? <laughs> uh, right, so, number two, Mike Enslin, Bust or Thrust, Dave? Um, Thrust. Thrust. Mm, Alex? Bust. Bust. Mm. Uh, bust. And bust. Okay, uh, so Dave, unfortunately you're wrong. Um, it was bust. It was uh, John Cusack's character in 1408. So you love Stephen King, don't you, Dave? Yeah, I've seen that film as well. You've seen that film as well. Should have paid more attention. Well, you probably have just uh, disregarded all of John Cusack's films once you found (laughs) out that he actually hates uh, Conair. He's he's (laughs) just misled. I can't hold it against (laughs) him. Okay, right, number three. Marcia Hayes, bust or thrust? Thrust? Okay. Thrust. Thrust. Uh, Yeah, you're all right. Uh, Is she a thrust? Yeah. Uh, International (laughs) star and penthouse pet, apparently. Uh, Okay, so number four, Carter Cruz. 
Thrust. Bust. Thrust. Oh, it might always take a silver. Uh, yeah, thrust. Yep. Uh, uh, also, she is a part-time DJ. Interesting. Bit, yeah. t- t- bit of information for you. Okay, so number five, Brad Knight. Bust or thrust? See, I, I, I almost want to say thrust, but it seems like that could be a really naff paranormal investigator. So I'm going to go with uh, bust. Thrust. Uh, bust. Um, Alex is right on that one. It is a thruster. Oh. Uh, one of the best in the biz, apparently. <laughs> according to... Uh, according Bruce to an article that I wrote. I, I have... Uh, that you wrote. <laughs> you have referenced yeah. your own article on, on who is the best pelvic yeah. thruster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm very detailed in my research. <laughs> I like to write articles before. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the best, apparently. Um, <laughs> according, to, according to me. <laughs> okay, number six, Lance Preston. Bust or thrust? I, I really want to say thrust, but I'm going to go with bust on this one. Okay. Thrust, my heart is telling me. Bust. Uh, your heart is telling you wrong, Alex, because no. it is a buster. Uh, it's played by Sean Rogerson in Grave Encounters, which I forgot all about that film, but it's actually quite good. Grave Encounters. I've either forgotten all about that film or I'd never heard of it in the first place. I think I showed you it once. It's a, a, a found footage one in a haunted asylum. That sounds like something you'd show us. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's actually too good for something that I'd show you, to be honest. <laughs> uh, okay, we're moving on. Number seven, Frank Bannister. Bust or thrust? Thrust. Thrust? Thrust. Why does that name ring a bell? <laughs> well, thrust. <laughs> well, have you seen his work? Definitely thrust. He rings one or two. I'll go with thrust. Uh, really? Well, oh well, uh, you're all wrong. Although I would love to see the, uh, the the thrust film that Michael J. Fox was in, because um, that's his character from the film Frighteners. Oh. So that's probably probably why it's so familiar, or as, as Joel would say. I, I, I hoped it was that option, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so number eight, Eric John. Thrust. Bust. Thrust. Ooh, yep, another thruster. Uh, apparently CEO of his own porn company. Of course he is. Well done, Eric John. Well done, Eric John, yeah. According to the article I wrote. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine, Elise Rainier. I'm going to say bust. Bust. Thrust. Uh, Brust. Brust. <laughs> Crust. Stop me if I'm wrong. Is this uh, sinister or um, insidious? insidious? Insidious it is. Yeah, well done. Lynn Shane's character from Insidious. And the last one is Tangina Barons. Bust or thrust? I'm going to say bust. What the hell was that? I accidentally pressed the gong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to say bust on this one. Bust. Thrust. Thrust. Hey, Sorry if I'm wrong, Gav. Poltergeist. Oh, Dave. Well done. It is Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, nice. Congratulations, Dave. Thank you. Um, I was yeah. keeping score this week. Seven out of ten. I'll take Seven that. Seven out of ten. Well well go, Dave. You should be keeping score because I never do. And I, <laughs> I swear that you are either really terrible or really great. I can never figure out which. That's the one I presumed as well. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, just closing off the show. Um, just looking over some of my notes, uh, what have we got here? So for the first point, we spoke about characters. Dave 
said, how do you replace Aykroyd and Murray, you know, two of the biggest comedy stars of the 1980s? You replace them with two of the biggest comedy stars of the 2010s, which is Kirsten Wieg and, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got it, yeah. Yep, and Melissa it. McCarthy. Uh, Brucey said that although there was good actors in there, there was no actual characterization. There was good banter, but, you know, it wasn't, didn't amount to much else. Uh, when talking about the script, Alex said that it was uh, the reboots, and you know, there was they were kind of familiar, but they kind of relied too heavily on, on cameos, and there wasn't really a strong plot. Dave said that there was a great plot with some really clever lines. Uh, so, actually, thinking about what you guys have said, I mean, I kind of see some of the points that uh, Dave and Alex were saying. Um, Alex, when you said that, you know, there was no characterization in the film, you said that well, in the original we were introduced to Bill Murray, he was the cynical one, Dan Aykroyd was serious. I kind of got the same kind of feeling while watching Ghostbusters, you know, the, that, that, was, that was there again. And listening to Dave, he said, you know, well, you've got the cynical one, the cynical one is Kirsten Beek, you know, you've got the, um, the serious one, that's Melissa McCarthy. What Dave said about Winston Zedmore's character the, in the original, you know, Ernie Hudson, I mean, you know me, I'm absolutely absolutely love Ernie Hudson. I think he was criminally underutilized in every film he's been in, to be honest. <laughs> it's just like an hour and a half of just Ernie Hudson. It'd be great. But uh, yeah, I do think in the original Ghostbusters film that he, he wasn't, he wasn't used that much. And when he was, I don't think he was given the same amount of respect as the other characters or the same amount of screen time, perhaps. Um, so yeah, I can see what you're talking about there. Alex, when you said that it was kind of, it was, t- the this, this plot was quite weak and towards the end, the film was a bit weak. It was just a big fight scene. It was just CGI and special effects. I kind of got the feeling from the from the very first Ghostbusters that, that was the same thing. I mean, you know, it was it was like we had a great plot behind it, but towards the end, it was just a kind of oh right, we're going to get a massive uh, marshmallow man, you know, and it's going to be a big massive fight scene here. And, and I feel like it was it just followed the same formula. Um, yeah, I quite liked the cameos. I liked how they were new characters as well. Uh, and I liked how they were only very short cameos. It, they didn't overstay their welcome. It got everybody who was in the original film a chance to kind of enjoy the success of the new one and just to kind of, as you said, a bit of a nod to the fans. Dave, when you mentioned about ignoring the YouTube comments, I quite frankly did, to be honest, because, uh, you know, YouTube comments are... Yeah, screw you those know, guys. Exa- yeah, exactly. If the film hasn't come out yet, you know... Half our audience. Screw uh, those guys. Half of our audience. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I wouldn't use uh, YouTube comments to gauge an opinion on a film that hadn't been released yet. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, thinking about both your arguments, I'm, I'm thinking that the film is going to be placed on the hit list. So, uh, so well done, Dave. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. I mean, my personal opinion on the film is I actually, I actually really, really liked it. I thought the cast was was tremendous in it. I really liked Melissa McCarthy and Kirsten Wig, 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 and uh, that was the first time I'd, I'd ever seen uh, Kate McKinnon or Leslie Jones in anything. But I thought they did a really good job. Um, I, I liked, you know, Chris Hemsworth in it as well. I know what you were saying before, Joel, about you know the kind of reverse sexism. But you know, and what you know that, that was, it was, it was like they were kind of doing a bit of a, a joke towards how so many other films have been. You know, like oh, we've got the important characters, and then we've just got like the ditzy person who's just there for their looks. Who better to use than Chris Hemsworth? I mean, the guy is an absolute hunk. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> a very attractive. He man. is a very, He's very attractive man. man. You know, and if you're going to have somebody playing that character, then why not use him? And you know, and I thought it was it was original, it was funny, and it was you know kind of what needed. It was a spin on you know the tired cliche of oh yeah, 
four smart scientists are talking now. Um, you are the, you know, ditty uh, secretary. You go and sort out our, our tea or coffee or whatever, you know. Like, it, it, was, it was good. It was original. Um, so, yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. So I've gone off on a big rant here, but I haven't had a chance to just babble, which is what I usually <laughs> do. So, uh, Joel, what, what was your genuine opinion on it? Uh, well, yeah, I felt a bit sorry for Dave then because I, I'm in a position where I can just say my views and I thought it was proper garbage, to be fair. <laughs> like, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original two and there's so many kind of standout kind of memories to me. You know, like the pro unpack, like the whole kind of crossing the streams thing, all these types of memorable things like the state puff. Uh, Marshmallow Man. He's back in this one. He is, but like <laughs> like I said it, in, in my comments, I just thought there were kind of too many things in there just bolted in to kind of appease fans of the original so that they would go and see it. I felt like it was just, like, literally just a comedy. And, like, although the first one does have funny bits in it, I just thought this one was literally just a comedy. I didn't feel like the the kind of ghost-busting aspect of it was even, like, an actual thing in it. I think, like, it was just kind of, you know, just literally the title of the film. I thought, like, the set piece at the end was okay, but it was so over-the-top on CGI, I just felt like I didn't actually care what happened in the end. Uh, I think the only thing which I did like is what, um, you know, I kind of said to Gav uh, before, kind of the four female leads and then, like, a ditzy male character. I thought that was kind of, like, a kind of you know, kind of fun, uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing about sexism, um, you know, especially uh, in films of, of bygone eras. So overall, yeah, I just did not like it. And for me, it was completely forgettable. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> especially using the phrase bygone <coughs> eras when <laughs> talking about the 80s. Um, but, it, um, it is for us. So, so thank you very much for no, that. It's not over for Gav. <laughs> <laughs> Still very much an era that's present. And, yeah. As, as is evident from my Hall & Oates themed Halloween party, Hall & Oates Halloween. Uh, so, Alex, what was your genuine opinion? Because you were obviously the prosecutor this time around. Did you agree with everything you were saying? Um, I, like, I've made a vow on this, uh, I mean, it's, it's make it sound quite solemn, <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> that I'll not actually disagree. I'm not going to say anything I don't agree with. But um, when I was told I was prosecution for this film, I was pretty upset. <laughs> I think <laughs> if, it, if you could have seen my face, I was very angry. <laughs> I think Dave did see it. I did. <laughs> uh, I, I really like Ghostbusters, the 2016 one. I, I saw it twice before I had to watch it for the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that was an accident. <laughs> it's funny how many accidents happen. Well, then, while someone else is talking, never while Gav's talking. just on the app. <laughs> but, um, God damn, I've lost my place again in this. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, no, I liked it. I, I, you know, I watched it a couple of times. You know, so when I was when I was watching it yesterday and thinking, I've got, a, I felt like I was just like pissing on a bonfire, to be honest. Like literally complaining about a children's birthday party. I just liked it when I watched it <laughs> twice. It was just a fun film. I do get what Joel was, is saying. I do kind of get what I'm saying a little bit, but I don't really care because I just enjoyed the film. And I think if you look at anything close enough, you're going to find cracks and you're going to find things that weren't wrong. So I'm not saying that. You know, I, don't, I think there were too many nods. I do think there was a bit of cynical marketing in there. I don't really care. I enjoyed the film. I'd watch it again. I'm glad it's on the hit list. Okay. And uh, Dave, uh, you, what, what, did you agree with everything you were saying? Do you think uh, it's a bit actually, I'm pretty much in Joel's corner on this one. Just, Ooh, no, I'm kidding. I just oh. wanted to see, I wanted to see the looks <laughs> on your faces. I'm kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see what that look would look like. I love this film. I actually, for once, I am no stranger to lying through my teeth when I'm defending or prosecuting. For this one, I genuinely actually said what I thought. 
I really did enjoy this. And I loved the originals. And it just goes to show how much that I did love the originals. And yet, I still have time for this one. It didn't dampen the experience of the original. It didn't ruin anything for me. I genuinely enjoyed it. That's a film in its own right. And I feel especially proud of this film that it did, it did as well as it did. Based on how hated it was before it had even been released. Like Joel was saying, the most hated YouTube trailer of all time. And the Twitter abuse that certain members of the cast were subjected to, Leslie Jones in particular, yeah. had a particular amount of sexist and racist abuse thrown yeah. at her through Twitter. It was horrific. But, you know, they, they did what comedy stars do best, and they turned it into a joke, as mentioned in the script in the film. Where it's oh, like, yeah. hey, read this YouTube comment. Yes. Hey, ain't no bitches going to be hunting no ghosts. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my favorite. <laughs> no, no, not that one. Not that one. That was, kind of, that was yeah. my favorite bit in the film, and I just thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've got, to, I've got to applaud them for that. You know, it was a, yeah. a tricky situation for them. I never realized this film would be slated before it had even been released by, by internet trolls. But they, they made a joke out of it. They stood firm. They stood their ground. And they should be proud of this film. They did a great job. Yeah, Just uh, one more final point. Not to piss on everybody's bonfire. Um, but I, do, <coughs> I wrote this down from Wikipedia before. Um, that actually because of the high budget and large amounts spent on marketing, it is considered a box office flop. It is, but that is because Sony spent like half a billion on marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It covered its production costs tenfold, it actually. But like yeah. um, Paul Feig, did we see who his name is Feig? Feig. Feig. Paul Feig. <laughs> Feig. Feig said that the film would have to gross like 300 million to even break oh, even. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, wow. He knew what Sony had done with the marketing. That one is on Sony. That is not about... Oh, they oh, just over-marketed it, over-hyped. Yeah, that, Sony seems to fuck about, it up constantly. That's yeah, not yeah, about that's production that. costs. That's not about the, you know, the costs getting away from the producers or the directors. That is purely board execs I mean, and Sony screwing this one up. That trailer was bad. You know, I, mean, I know we can't talk about it in the film, but you know, when the first trailer came out, it was... Confusing, to say the least, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. It was a little hashed together. It wasn't, the, it wasn't their best work. It didn't show how good the film would end no. up to be. So. Exactly. So, Joel. You suck! <laughs> I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a strange day, to be honest, when I'm the one pissing on everybody's chips rather than, <laughs> rather than, rather than Alex. <laughs> it's true, it's true. But uh, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on, though. Chris Hemsworth. Ooh la la. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Took the words I, out I, of my I, mouth. It sounded like you that did it. Do that again. This is Dave's dulcet tones. La la. It really does, <laughs> doesn't it? Have you been doing some side work on a soundboxer? I have been moonlighting. I'm going right. to download that app. <laughs> just so you can play that over and over again. The picture of the app's just my face. You should be able to find it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just before we draw a close to the uh, this show, um, we're going to just finish off with a bit of a caption contest so this week i used a still from ghostbusters 2016 of slimer uh, raiding through the fridge uh, while melissa mccarthy and kate mckinnon look on shocked and uh, you know what I, you know what i've done it again i left it way too late to um put uh, any to, to, to put the caption up in the first place and what usually happens is that it uh, like as soon as we finish recording a loads of captions coming you know and it's just like i should put it up like a week so what i'm gonna do is put next week's one up now now yeah <laughs> so people have got a week to do it uh, so for the caption we've got a few here and um, so we've got one that just simply says uh bummer um so <laughs> uh, i don't know what to make of that point. Just, yeah. yeah yeah so uh you don't win a freddo my friend you don't win a freddo uh we've uh we've got uh one here that says uh i don't i don't really understand this to be honest it says all humans green or otherwise are indistinguishable you are all equally disgusting what's oh, sorry 
Oh, is he? <laughs> okay, so apparently... So a robot's insulted you. Oh, right, so it's a robot. Oh, right, okay, robot's I get it now. insulted all of us. I basically. get it, right? Oh, yeah, so we're saying that we're all disgusting green yeah, slobs. I get it, I get it now, I get it. Isn't Slimer a ghost, though, not a human? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, what is Slimer, really? Well, we're indistinguishable, then. He's, the robots are racist, is what we've learned here. Mm-hmm. We, we all, we're all the same to them. <laughs> Green or otherwise. Don't let him take over the planet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we've got two here. Um, so that one friend who sees an all-you-can-eat buffet as a challenge. <laughs> and uh. then we've got one. Uh, you know you've drunk too much when your hangover smell has a personality of its own. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Uh, I, well, both of them were from Austin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, saves you on postage and packaging for that Freddo. <laughs> Austin is winning so many Freddos here. For anybody who doesn't know what a Freddo is, look at up on Google, it's like this little chocolate uh, frog. Um, it's like a yeah, chocolate bar shaped like a little frog, and uh, you know it's about uh, delicious. Snack. No, I mean, that, that, I think that's you've, yeah, co- yeah, you've yeah, covered it. There, I've covered yeah. it there. It's delicious. It's, it's delicious. And like, but since I've installed the, you know, you might win a Freddo if you get a, a good caption. Like. All of the captions that have won have been Austin. <laughs> He's just creating uh, 10 Twitter handles a day and just <laughs> sending in these captions. So please, guys, please get your captions in for next week and knock Austin off this pedestal made of Freddos. He's going to have a multi-pack of Freddos. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, just to say that we have drawn next week's film out of the hat and that film is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. A uh, bit of a mouthful there, but it is a, um, a friend or fan pick. Uh, so all of the ones that are actually left in the hat now are films that have been suggested to us, uh, so we don't actually have any of our own films left. Um, so yeah, so are you excited about that, guys? Yeah, I've actually not seen it yet. You know, yeah, me neither. So yeah. I'm going to have to watch this, uh, depending on what I'm, I'm going to be doing. But um, yep, so, uh, yeah, and neither have I, to be honest. I mean, so the, the roles we've also picked out at random. So uh, as the judge, we've got Alex. Uh, in defence, we've got me. In prosecution, we've got Joel, and in character witness is yourself, Dave. I'll still watch it. Uh, just to say that... I don't want to say it's going to be an easy victory against you, Gav, but it's going to be an easy victory. <laughs> you know, right, just to say that uh, this, this film was suggested by my friend Graham, who... Uh, oh, is he the same Gattaca? guy that did Gattaca? Yeah, he's the same guy that suggested Gattaca. I think we I all don't feel think... bad about Gattaca, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't we, Austin? Maybe someone yeah, has the microphone, but he, uh, <laughs> he's nodding away. Enthusiastic. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> so I, I don't actually know if Graham's listened to the show since, since because not. he was so upset about the Gattaca results. So I've, I've just found out that the matching. I've always wanted to call for a mistrial ever since. <laughs> a mistrial. A mistrial. Let's talk about Let's talk about Suspiria for a mistrial. Every episode. Every episode. High <laughs> uh, <I> five. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I'm getting way, way out of hand here. Yeah, you're losing um, control with I am hat, losing man. control, aren't I? Right. Too much sugar-free Fanta, I think. And that's what it is, man. That's what it is. I want my sugar. <laughs> anyway, right, so we're going to draw a close to this because it seems like it's been going on forever. Yeah, it's, a <laughs> it's a big one, isn't it? Uh, so, um, right, just to say thank you very, very much for everybody who has listened, who has given us a like, a share, a subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. Honestly, we really do. We've had some really nice comments recently. Um, and I, I forgot to show you them all because I like to hoard them and just put them under my pillow and uh, they help me go to sleep at night but on twitter at film trials so please send us a suggestion for a film to review and we will put it in the hat uh, also while you're on um 
Twitter, why don't you check out our graphic designer, Winston Zedmore Sang, uh, who uh, the, nobody, nobody got that. It was, I, I was listening. I was you listening. weren't listening. Don't like I smiled. Me. Winston Zedmore Sang. Like, I heard. No, to, sure. Right. Anyway. Getting angry doesn't make it funny again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so he's our graphic artist, and you can find him at the underscore Quirks. He's a very, very, very talented guy, as you will see from our uh, posters that we have every single week which are, I, well, I don't want to be biased, but they're the best thing they ever. They're awesome. Um, also, while you're on Twitter, if you want to, you can check out our sounds producer and music guru, Austin Ray. But he's been a bit of a biff lately, so uh, <laughs> we'll forgive you if you don't check him out. But if you do want to, it's at Aussie Ray. Uh, also, we've got a Facebook page, uh, Instagram, we've got YouTube, we've got WordPress. We're basically taking over social media, so just go on all of those platforms and type in the search engine, Films on Trial. So, thank you very, very much once again for listening, guys. And we will be in your ears next week, hard and proper, with the assassination of Jesse James. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) 